Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. We are in a series called Believe for More. Everybody say that with me. Believe for more. I know it's a little cold outside, but I'm going to ask you to do that again. Believe for more. Now, we want you to understand this simply. Uh, in 2023, we believe that God can grow deep, that you can grow in a deeper relationship with God. Who's exciting and who's expecting that this year? And we want to encourage you to do that. Uh, that, you know, a lot of times when it turns to the new year, January times, most of us have already forgotten our New Year's resolutions, right? And we're like, hey, when it all comes to it, we just want you to go deeper in your relationship and walk with the Lord. We want you to believe for more that it doesn't just have to be a, a one-time occurrence or, or, or a Holy Spirit moment. We want you to say, hey, this year, how can I take a deeper step in my relationship with Jesus. And you might be new with us today. That's what we're all about. We believe that faith changes everything and that Jesus ultimately can can transform our lives. So I titled this message today, Believe for More. Everybody say that again. Believe for More. Prayer. We're going to be talking about prayer. Last week we talked about fasting. Fasting, how it positions us to receive from God. Sometimes you got to be in the right position so when God works, you can be ready to respond. Today we want to talk about prayer because prayer is what drives that relationship between us and God. It's how we have a, a, a community with him. I love how the psalmist or King David, who was a messed up dude, made some mistakes, but at the end of it, all he, what he's prizedly known for is this, that he had a heart that was after God's. And what's fascinating, he says this when it comes to Psalm 17, 6, he says, I am praying to you because I know you will answer, O God, bend down and listen as I pray. I mean, that's some conviction right there, that when we pray, God will answer. Some of the challenge, though, is this. When it comes to maybe not believing for more in our prayer life is we only pray in the panic parts of life. Anybody ever been there before? I remember this specific time. My wife and I, we relatively had a a new car. And I mean, like this thing was hip and happening. It was a Kia Optima sedan. Like some of you are like, hey, I drive one. I'm like, dude, you're cool. So it's relatively new. We've only had it for a few months. And you know how it is. So I had like the new car smell. And, you know, we felt like we finally arrived in the, the whole adult life. We, we financed it and we put our pin and uh, put the pin to the paper. And like we felt we finally arrived, you know, like, whoo. And so we're rushing around this one specific night. And uh, we're trying to go to dinner and meet up with some friends. And we're late. And if you know anything about me, I hate to be late. Like, I get envious and jealous of people that can walk in like 30 minutes late and be like, oh, what's happening? I'm like, my heart, that confidence is amazing. Well, this one particular time, we're going to be late for this reservation. And so we, we run to the car. We're, 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 we're doing the whole like car shuffle, trying to get everything, grab the, the, my, my wife's purse and, and get, get the keys, make sure I have the wallet. And, and we hop into the car and, and the, the, 
the car's in the garage, and we get in, and, and, I, and I just put it in reverse, and, and I just punch it right out the garage. Wham! Drill my wife's car that was right behind us. Yeah. So I did two things in that moment. The first one was this. I looked over at my wife and I said, why did you park there? <laughs> and my wife, she's a sweet lady, she's like, it's a driveway, Blake. <laughs> so then as I got done being frustrated with her, I, I turned and with my hands at 10 and 2, because that's how I was taught, now it's like, what, 3, 9, 1, 12, 11, 6, I don't know, you name it. And I say, Lord, please be with that plastic bumper that Kia makes from overseas and let there be no damage. So I pop out of the car and as you would probably guess, that plastic bumper was shattered. And I instantly thought in that moment, that panic situation, God, why couldn't you answer my prayer? You know, many times we pray in the panic, and that's our prayer time. We say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pray in the panic because guess what? I'm, I'm up for an opportunity. I, I have a promotion that's coming. And so, oh God, like you never prayed before, but hey, that promotion is there. It's between you and a, and a colleague, and you're like, Lord, please let me. I mean, did you see they're late to work, and we pray that way? Or maybe things got a little more serious in your life, and there's been some turmoil, and Maybe get the diagnosis that you've dreaded. And you, and you know, haven't prayed before, but now you're hurting and you're in pain, you're confused, you're worried, and you're saying, God, where are you? God, I need you. Or maybe it isn't you, it's a family member. I mean, my family has battled that this past year, plus these close to two years now, we've praying, God, please answer. And there's moments that we pray in the panic and we're saying, God, I need you, I need you, I need you. And we expect him and we look at God like saying, God, you're the, the genie in the bottle. I, I need this miracle. I need this. And we sit there and we say, God, where are you? God, where are you? See, today I want to talk to you about believing for more with prayer. That if you want to believe for more with prayer, it's not about praying in the panic times, but it's about praying at all times. Bottom line that I want you to take away is this. Prayer opens the door for God to do more. Prayer opens the door for God to to do more. If you want God to show up in your life, if you want to believe for more in your life, don't wait to pray in the panic times of life, but start praying now. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, we see some of the most perplexing uh, 
language that Jesus has used when it comes to this idea of prayer. Many of you are familiar with this verse, and we're actually going to be talking about next week that believing for more even in the midst of unanswered prayers. But Jesus says this, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. We see in verse eight, for everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened too. Now, some of this is a a confusing, uh, I, I guess, message that Jesus communicates on the Sermon on the Mount because a lot of us, we've really been there. We've asked, we sought, we, we knocked and knocked and knocked and knocked, and we're like, God, where, 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 where are you? But, but today, I don't want to talk to you about this particular verse when it comes to the response. I want to talk to you about that verse when it comes to the consistency. If you look at the original language, when it comes to asking, when it comes to seeking, when it comes to knocking, it's this consistency of 24-7, 365, that we are to petition God to, to work on behalf of our lives, to do the miraculous, to have a relationship with him. And when we are consistent with that, day in, day out, the door is open for him to do more. So let's get to this point where we not necessarily are gonna answer the question of, God, why aren't you answering my questions or my prayers? But we wanna look at how we can believe for more in our prayer life. And the first one is this. We need to prioritize prayer. Prioritize prayer. It's essential that we understand this. Prayer isn't about the words you speak. Prayer isn't necessarily uh, what, what you're thinking. Prayer is about relationship. See, a lot of times we, maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're here and you are aware of maybe you've grown up in the church pew or the church chair or wherever you've maybe got this idea or notion of prayer. Maybe some of the only prayer you've ever experienced or saw is from what happens on a stage or from someone in front of you at some kind of service. See, uh, and, and we kind of get, maybe we, we struggle a little bit because, man, we can't pray those eloquent eloquent, see I can't even say the proper words, you know, those eloquent words or the, we, we can't dazzle it up or repeat, repeat and recite scripture like some of the people we hear, but no, see it's not about that. Prioritizing prayer is simply about prioritizing your relationship with God. And that's what we have to come and understand when it comes to prayer. What I'm saying is, God, I'm getting on my knees. I'm praying to you. I'm calling on you and what you can do in my life. And I'm going to make your relationship with me the priority that I'm seeking. See, a lot of times we have this this context of, hey, prayer should uh, look like this format. It, It should sound like this. We should have these kind of things all checked for it to be a good prayer. And we and we leave and we're like, oh, man, that's great. That's great. But really, prioritizing prayer is about prioritizing a relationship with God. So the question do we have is, do we have a relationship with God that shows him as a priority in our life? Rather than in the panic moments, are we petitioning him consistently? My wife, I can't imagine. Think of the most valuable relationship you have. Some of you, it's a spouse. Some of you, it's a best friend. Maybe it's a sister, a sibling, a, somebody that's a coworker. 
the most valuable relationship you have. Can you imagine going and talking to them whenever you needed something? That's it. Hey, Britt, I need a sandwich. Hey, Britt, I need you to get, uh, go fill the cars up with gas. Hey, Britt, I need you to do my work for me. Hey, Britt, I, I, I need you. Brittany's the, my wife's name, by the way, for some of us. Uh, hey, Britt, I, I, I need you to talk to my uh, uh, kids here and handle their issue. Can you imagine how great that marriage would be? Some of you might be like, we're living in that marriage. <laughs> well, hey, let's pray about it. But sometimes that's how we view our prayer life. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, look how Jesus frames it. Look how Jesus starts. We're going to start with what would Jesus do, right? He says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. I believe it thoroughly. I believe it biblically. I believe it that if you want to kick your day off on the right foot, you got to meet God in your moment. You got to pray about it. You got to say, God, I need you because why? I'm prioritizing that relationship with you. I'm prioritizing my prayer. I'm prioritizing my communion with you. David, the guy who's been a murderer, the guy who uh, committed adultery, the guy who did a lot of lying and did some interesting things in his time, but at the end of the day, it was, was made right and had a, 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 is one of the noble individuals in the Bible. In Psalm 63, 1, he would look at his prayer life like this. He says, oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. It's this craving to have a relationship with God. Some of the great church historians and figures would have said this when it comes to prayer. Martin Luther says, I have so much business, I cannot get on without spending three hours daily in prayer. Some of us are scratching our head like, wow, when would I ever be able to get three hours to pray? I don't think that's the question we should be asking ourselves. The question should be is this, when do I have time to form a relationship with my heavenly father? One of my favorite church historians, his name is by the uh, name of John Wesley, he's a theologian, he was a very evangelical. He says this, and I love this quote, he says, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. If you want God to do more in your life, you gotta prioritize your time with him and your prayers with him. It's about relationship when it's all said and done. So prayer opens the door for God to do more. Secondly, we also see we have to trust God to respond to our prayer. Now I want to get some audience participation here. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer and God hasn't answered? Right? A lot of us have looked around like we've prayed and we're like, hey, next week we're, we're going to look at that question. And we're actually look at a solution to what we need to do when prayer doesn't seem to be happening for us, when it doesn't seem like we're experiencing breakthrough. But whenever it comes to trusting God to respond to our prayers, we have to leave it there at the word trust. God, I'm gonna 
trust you. God, I'm going to be persistent in my trust with you. God, I'm going to call on your name time and time again, and I'm going to trust you're going to respond. There's this attitude that Jesus touches on when it comes in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. Jesus is talking to his his friend group, his disciples, and they're kind of wrestling over, you know, who's going to be the greatest? Like, where's our places at? And Jesus touches on an attitude that I believe carries also into our prayer life. He then, then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children. Everybody say, little children. Now he's telling this to grown men. Some of us are like, dude, like you're telling me to act like a child. I'm not talking to you to act like a child. I'm trying to, I'm going to be talking to you about the attitude and the humility a child has. You will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So it's becoming like, like childlike. You know, what's unique when it comes to kids they're not ashamed to ask for anything. This past few days, uh, I've been teaching my, uh, now some of you are probably going to judge me, but I've been teaching my six-year-old how to drive our golf cart. Uh, he sits on my lap and we kind of go around the block and, and it's like a fun time. It, it was a way I distracted him from something and now it's just kind of ballooned on me and it's kind of a parent regret. Uh, if I'm just blunt with you. And so I'm, I, I taught him how to drive the golf cart. You know what he's done for the past 15 days since we've started driving this golf cart? I get home from work. Dad, can we drive the golf cart? Dad, can we drive the golf cart? Dad. Like to the point where it's extremely annoying. Like I come home on the drive home. I have something on my mind. I might be in a bad mood, disgruntled. And I'm like, if that kid asks me. <laughs> Like, it's going to be the end for him. <laughs> and sure enough, I walk in. Dad, when are you ready to drive the golf cart? I'm like, Bodie, if you talk to me again tonight. <laughs> but then we fast forward. That night goes on. Guess what we're doing? Driving the golf cart. The point is this. When it comes to becoming childlike or becoming like little children, what Jesus was touching on with his disciples, with these mighty men, with these these apostles, these future world changers, is simply understanding that the humility that a child always has to keep on asking, to keep on living with humility. I think many times in our prayer life, we want God to do more, but we're not coming as humble as we possibly should. We sometimes say, hey, God, I pray, I asked you, you didn't answer, so you want me to move on. You know, it's unique with a, a child and a father or, a, you know, a son and a daughter and a parent, a guardian is this. The, the children have complete confidence that their parent is going to pull through for them. Like, right now, we're in that season of my life with my family that like, I'm my kid's hero. Like, that's a lot of pressure and responsibility there. But they look at us like, hey, Dad, I, I know you're going to deliver an answer and stay committed to what you're saying. Now, if you've been a parent for any time, you know that you sometimes drop the ball. 
But the humility and the belief the child has is the same that we should be as children of God. The Apostle Paul, he even kind of frames it this way. He says, for we are God's fellow workers. What this means is we are co-laborers. We come alongside God. It means when we pray, when we petition, when we call on God, God's going to work on our behalf. When it comes to, hey, God, I need you to respond to this prayer, it's saying, God, I'm going to believe that you're going to respond to this prayer. God, I'm going to live in humility. God, I'm going to keep asking with no awareness of how how annoyed you might be. It comes to that. We have to continue living this posture like a child to trust that God's going to respond no matter how we feel, no matter what we go through. Another way when it comes to prayer and how God opens the door for us to do more is simply this. We have to learn to pray. You have to learn to pray. You know what's awesome about learning to pray? We have permission to fail. Uh, I was listening to this one communicator this, par- this particular time, and uh, he remembers talking about praying out loud. Uh, the first time he gathered with, with people, he was at a church event, relatively new to the faith, and, and one of the people in the, the small group says, hey, can, can you pray over dinner? And, and he says, sure. Didn't know how to pray, but he's on this, this faith-fueled life, and so he prays. And when he prays, he, he says a, a great prayer, and, and then at the end of it, he forgot to say, in Jesus' name, amen. So like, for some of the people in the room, that was gripping, that was, oh no, you didn't pit pray correctly. In fact, he said, this one lady comes up to him and goes, I don't know if we can count that prayer. You didn't say, in Jesus' name, amen. So he poured over the scriptures, and he looked at some of these things, and he actually goes, like, if you look back in, when it comes to the Lord's Prayer, you know what's not in there? Right? Sometimes when it comes to learning to pray, it's a process. I'm up here day in, day out, and there's moments where I'm like, God, teach me to pray. Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, what are you calling on behalf of this church? Lead right now. See, Jesus' disciples even ask in Luke 11, verse 1, it says this, Lord, teach us to pray. And in other words, permission to fail. Just as John taught his disciples. It's a learning process, a failing process. Some of you, when it comes to learning to pray, I would challenge you with this. Pray out loud. You know, I I do hold this. I I come from a Pentecostal charismatic background where we got down and we got down. I saw it growing up. I was very accustomed to it in my my upbringing. And, you know, sometimes I I, I process that. I'm like, how would someone, like, like, how's that, you know, and someone said, it's it's the way people are expressing themselves. It's praying out loud. You know, sometimes when it comes to learning to pray, you have to pray out loud. So you're learning how to pray. You're expressing your genuineness, your love for God, who he is in your life. Like, can you imagine remaining silent all the time with the significant other in your life? Like sitting there and saying, hey, I'm just, I'm just, talking to you or I'm just praying 
I would encourage some of you, take it from out here to out here. I would encourage you, some of you, express yourselves. It makes you think, in, in the Bible, how did we get any of the recorded prayers in the Bible? They probably had to pray them out loud, right? Maybe some of you, that's a step. Maybe praying in the Spirit. Paul talks about this. We, we see his, his own prayer language. Maybe saying, God, I don't really know. I'm, I'm wading into a water that is like beyond me. Maybe you need to lean in and have faith and say, God, like, like teach me in this moment. Give me permission to fail. I need your help because I want to grow in a relationship with you. See, in John 15, verses 7 and 8, it says this, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Oftentimes when we come to those verses, we, we look at anything you want will be granted and we get fixated on that and we say, yes, I just gotta be a good Christian. I just gotta like pray the right way. But really, here's what we're learning in that moment. If you remain in me, back to the relationship, remain in relationship. Teaching and learning to pray is permission to fail, but when we fail, it's about being in right standing with God, saying, God, I just, Jesus, like, I just want to remain in you. Doesn't mean all our prayers are gonna be answered when we say all the right things, or maybe we, we sometimes pray with the wrong motives or the, the wrong desperation or in the panic moments and not in the, the all moments, but it's a process, permission to fail. But we also see this, when prayer opens the door for God to do more, we have to just keep it simple. Keep our prayer simple. Now, I'm not a big word kind of guy, and I stumble, and I stammer, and I say some things that, you know, I'm like, I, I watch back, and I'm like, what did I say, you know? What did I really do? And sometimes I think when it comes to the, the prayer moments in our life, we, we, we try to have a relationship that we wouldn't necessarily talk to like a best friend in a way. Like we, we sometimes try to say like, you know, different titles, different words, different things, and, and it kind of gets a little weird. When it comes to keeping your prayer simple, in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's this uh, vision, it's this scene. Imagine your best friend is sitting there in that chair and you're sitting there and how would you talk with him? Would you say, listen here, Dr. Mr. Sir Johnson. You know, and you think of all the names that you know that God's referred to and plus, let me just tell you, there's a lot. And you get more consumed in praying the right way that you're not keeping it simple. Like, you gotta pray what's in you. I love how C.S. Lewis, he says this, and uh, he says this, we not ought to pray what, we have to pray what is in us, not what ought to be in us. Like, think how simple that is. Think how simple that is. We pray what's in us, Lord, I'm praying because I'm believing for you to do more in my life. And this is what's in me. I got some insecurities. I got some doubt. 
I got some hurt. I got some bitterness that's taking root. I got some what ifs that were never answered. Lord, what's in me is this. I am struggling to find a relationship with you. When it comes to praying, it's, it's keeping it simple. It's, it's being real. If you want God to do more in your life, I would encourage you, get real with some of the areas that you need to get real with. Some of the wrestles that you have. You know, in Matthew, when Jesus is teaching his disciples and giving them the way to pray, he just simply says this. He, he simply just encourages them to, and, and give us today our, our daily bread. Simple need. Give us today the, the food we need. Like, there wasn't like, give us today that Sarah Lee wheat bread. It was simple. Give us today the need. Deliver the need. Lead us in this moment. God, I need you in my life. See, if you want to have prayer that opens the door for God to do more, it's just keeping it simple. Keeping it forthright. Keeping it open and honest and blunt and saying, God, I know you're going to show up and show out in my life. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to prioritize that relationship. I'm going to learn. And I want to challenge you with that. As we close this morning, the band's going to come up here and play just, just for a moment. And I'm not going to ask you to stand and respond, but I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask you to say, hey God, in my prayer life, I want to believe for more. Are you prioritizing that relationship? God, you see us. You hear us and you recognize our prayers. Lead us today. We want to believe for more because we know you will open the door. In your great name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.